It's Friday, December 9th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Gospel music is a pillar of St. Louis culture, just like the blues and rock. This weekend, the Missouri Historical Society is planning to celebrate and help more people learn about the art form. We don't have a place <laughs> where they could be educated. The people that know, know. You know, our legends, you know, we, we know the history. And that's why I'm putting it out there to bring awareness. Coming up, St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis talks to Missouri Gospel Hall of Fame founder Monica R. Butler. St. Louis Public Schools is considering taking over sponsorship of the Confluence Academy's Charter School Network. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports. The city's Board of Education will vote on sponsorship at its meeting next week. Last year, Confluence Academies had the second-highest enrollment for charter schools in St. Louis. St. Louis City Board of Education President Matt Davis says if this agreement passes, Confluence would still be an independent education agency. The autonomy stays. There's no financial uh, overlap and there's no uh, operational overlap. There's just going to be a new sort of partnership relationship. If the board approves the measure, there are still a few more steps before sponsorship of the five schools would become official. SLPS would sponsor Confluence Academies starting next school year. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones says residents can trust city government to operate smoothly after the sentencing of three former lawmakers on corruption charges. Former Board of Aldermen President Louis Reed, ex-Alderman John Collins Muhammad, and Jeffrey Boyd, were sentenced this week for their part in a bribery scheme. All three often fought Jones and her agenda. Jones says with political ally Megan Green's election to the Board of Aldermen presidency, residents can expect action on major bills, including legislation implementing guaranteed income for a select group of families. We'll be able to uh, work on things that we agree on, and when we disagree, we'll do it without becoming disagreeable. Jones made the comments on St. Louis on the Air. The full interview is at stlpr.org. Tomorrow marks one year since a tornado in Edwardsville killed six people at an Amazon warehouse. St. Louis Public Radio's Will Bauer reports leadership at Madison County Emergency Management is still assessing the full impact of that storm. Deputy Director Mary-Kate Brown says the tornado was different from other disasters she's responded to. While flooding in the county has led to millions in property damage, last year's tornado was her first time dealing with multiple deaths since she joined the department in 2009. Compared to the other destruction and things I've seen from other storms over the years, it was definitely up there in terms of just the utter destruction that was done to the building. 46 workers were in the warehouse on December 10th, and six died. While the tornado damaged homes in nearby neighborhoods, Brown says no other injuries were reported to emergency management. A new Amazon warehouse started construction this summer. I'm Will Bauer, St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri's attorney general is accusing the top prosecutor in St. Louis of concealing evidence in the case of a man who has been in prison for nearly three decades for murder. Lamar Johnson is behind bars for the killing of Marcus Boyd. Johnson says he's innocent. Attorney General Eric Schmidt claims in a court filing that St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner did not give his office some forensic testing results in the case. The Post-Dispatch reports the Attorney General's office wants a court to sanction Gardner. Gardner's office is accusing the Attorney General of using the justice system to play politics. The Circuit Attorney has filed a motion to vacate Johnson's conviction. A judge has not ruled on that request. Missouri residents can possess cannabis after a law legalizing recreational marijuana took effect this week. 
St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports even if adult use is now allowed, some marijuana users may choose to keep their medical cards. Dispensary operators say even though recreational use is now legalized, medical card holders will be able to benefit from lower tax rates on their purchases. Medical users are also able to possess six ounces of marijuana in a 30-day period. That's twice the amount allowed to recreational users. Medical dispensaries can also apply to get recreational sales licenses. Jay Patel, the managing co-director of Nature Med Dispensary, says the company plans to apply but also plans to give priority to medical users. So whenever that transition or that conversion happens, we don't want to forget the individuals who helped start the program in the first place. Advocates for the new law say they hope legalization will decrease the price of marijuana for medical patients. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. Hi, it's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson, your afternoon newscaster at St. Louis Public Radio. Keep podcasts like The Gateway thriving by becoming a member of St. Louis Public Radio today. Your support ensures that your community stays informed and has access to fact-based local and national news. Give right now at stlpr.org. And thanks. St. Louis is often regarded as a key center for rock, blues, and R&B. It also played a big role in gospel music. The Missouri Historical Society will celebrate those contributions tomorrow with a one-day gospel fest. St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis asked film producer and gospel music Hall of Fame founder Monica R. Butler why it's time to honor the region's gospel greats. We don't have a place um, (laughs) where they could be educated. You know, I mean, the people that know, know. You know, our legends, you know, we we know the history. And that's why I'm putting it out there to bring awareness because there are things that I don't even know, you know, that happened even over in East St. Louis. They have deep roots in gospel music over there. I know part of the event will have a screening of the film Say Amen Somebody. Uh, and the documentary, it focuses on Willie Mayford Smith. Uh, She's one of the most influential gospel singers in history, and she actually lived in St. Louis. So could you talk a little bit about her legacy? To me, she's the mother, she's the queen of gospel music, and she's from right here in St. Louis, Missouri. And that documentary, uh, you know, exposed St. Louis in a very, very good way with her history here and them forming uh, gospel uh, conventions and things of that sort. One of the things that she's been credited for is really pioneering, you know, gospel blues and, and kind of creating this gospel blues sound. So I wanted to ask you, what makes a gospel song, a, a gospel blues song? Willie Mae Forrest Smith a voice was so phenomenal. It gave it gave you that jazzy tone. So I think that's just what it was. It was that jazzy tone. It's almost like, you know, in our, our day now, you had Kirk Franklin come out, you know, with songs. Get ready for the revolution. People were like, wait a minute, is that a church song? You know, he's talking about stuff, you know, and things of that sort. It's just another genre of music that, uh, you know, that is developed and and come out and people put it in these different categories. But it's all gospel music. Who are the gospel singers you're most drawn to? I'm very um, drawn to gospel artists like the Winans, CC BB Winans, Yolanda Adams. Oh, no, I need- 
I went to Southern University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and she went to Texas A&M, and we used to have these uh, Baptist Student Union retreats. And uh, we would meet up, and I met Yolanda before she was really big as Yolanda Adams. So uh, we remember those days. Yolanda now is a legend within herself. She needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Zella Jackson Price, Dr. Mirabeth Gentry, and Ethel Foster will all talk Saturday. You know, c- could you talk about their significance and, and their contributions to the genre? They were all in Say Amen Somebody, you know, that documentary film. We have a surprise for them. Uh, you know, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it because it's probably out already. You know, we're going to be inducting them into the Hall of Fame right there on that day. So whoever's in the room will see because we don't want to uh, give them their flowers while they're not here. We want to give it to them while they're here, you know, and show them that they're going to be one of the uh, three of the first ladies that's inducted into the Gospel Music Hall of Fame of Missouri. I know your mother was a singer of the St. Louis Interfaith Choir. How did her experience there shape your gospel music interest? My mother drug me around to every gospel concert that she sang in. They were filming this documentary, and I was impressed with the cameras and the lights and things of that sort. But it actually helped shape me uh, because now I'm a television and film producer, and I'm ready to produce the next version of the gospel music of uh, Say Man Somebody documentary. That was Gospel Music Hall of Fame founder Monica R. Butler speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis. Our David Casares edited that report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Have a great weekend. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.